Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. You see, Jesus knew that Satan is trying any way he can to keep us isolated from these people, to keep me not caring about the lost, to keep me looking at them as simply nameless, faceless people. But Jesus himself was known as a friend of sinners. So Jesus prays for us to be like him. I'm not asking you, Father, to take them out of the world, but keep them safe while they are in the world. In the book of Romans, Paul the Apostle asks how the unsaved are going to hear the message of the gospel without someone to share it. It's a rhetorical question. The answer, of course, is that they won't. These days we hear this statement and think that this is the pastor's job. Pastor Mark, in his teaching, will give us the news that sharing the gospel is the job of every Christ follower. That was always Jesus' intent, that each of us affects those around us with the news of new life in Christ. Forgiveness of sins and freedom from the shackles placed on us by our sin and held by Satan. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 3 with part 3 of his message, Location, Location, Location. When Paul talks about many who, unless they change, are headed to separation from God forever in a place called hell, he isn't talking about faceless, nameless people. You see, the people God has placed around you are not faceless. They're not nameless. They're people you and I know. They're our neighbors. They're our friends. They're our relatives. They're our co-workers. They're students that we have classes with. There is a face. We recognize the face. There is a name. We know their name. They are not faceless, nameless people headed to eternity. No, these are people that we know, interact with, and love. If we continue to see them like this, then our hearts will never be touched. These are real people that God has put in our path for a reason. Matthew 16 says this. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? No. 
You see, the real you, the real me is spiritual. Every person will live forever after they die. Think about that. Not a nameless person. Not a faceless person. People that we know. People that you interact with, well, very frequently. So there's nothing more valuable than the eternal soul of a person. But see, knowing that, knowing they're going to live in one of those locations forever, is not enough. Jesus Christ came to this world to offer a choice so that people could change destinations. Jesus came... Before he went back to heaven, he gave us the Great Commission. The very first word in the Great Commission is go. I want you to write number four down, if you will. Don't isolate, but go to the lost at their locations and share the good news. Yes, it is true that our home and citizenship is in heaven. And yet God has placed us here to be all here on the earth now because surrounding us are many unbelievers that we do know. If you will, turn to the book of John chapter 17. I want you to see a prayer that Jesus gives for his followers, which includes you and me today, before he went back to heaven. It's a prayer of purpose. Sometimes we forget why we're here. In John 17, 15, Jesus says this. My prayer is not that you take them, the disciples, you and me, out of the world. In other words, Jesus says, my prayer isn't you take them to heaven right now. But that you protect them while they're in the world from the evil one. You see, Jesus knew... That Satan is trying any way he can to keep us isolated from these people. To keep me not caring about the lost. To keep me looking at them as simply nameless, faceless people. But Jesus himself was known as a friend of sinners. So Jesus prays for us to be like him. I'm not asking you, Father, to take them out of the world, but keep them safe while they are in the world. Because our world is getting more corrupt all the time. There's a danger for us to isolate and try to protect ourselves from this corrupt society. And I'm going to list you some things which are good in themselves, but if we're not careful can be just a reason to move away from the Great Commission. We have Christian schools, Christian neighborhoods, Christian camps, Christian cruises, Christian concerts, Christian sports. We have Christian cafeterias, Christian bookstores, all separated from unbelievers. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. But if we're not careful, we will never go to the locations where the unbelievers are. Most of them will not come to all of these things. So we can never in our life get to the place where as a church, we become some sterile Christian subculture. God help us. All around us are many people who don't understand that God loves them. One of the main reasons we're doing the fall festival is to say to the world, God loves you. We're a generous people. 
We give our time, our money, our effort, our candy. We have fun. In fact, we have more fun than any of you. You'll have fun. We're doing that to say to the world. You see, understand as you go through this, that we're here. The reason Paul was staying here was to introduce earthbound people to a new way of living and a new destination. We're here to tell people by our words and our lifestyle that they can be forgiven and they can have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Remember CCM, we are here to tell people they can change their location and we are here so people can know they can be citizens of heaven. Amen. Now that's good preaching whether you think or not. Because that's the Bible. Do not become sterile. Do not become holy huddles. So at some point you look at your life and there are no unbelievers in your life. God help us. We can't influence the world. Unless we're around the world. We just don't become part of them. Jesus once went to the home of Matthew. And the religious leaders came out and said, what in the world are you doing with all those unbelievers in there? And Jesus said, I didn't come for the well people. I came for those who are sick. What he was really saying is, you sick guys. Your dead religion has made you so prideful, you can't even be around people that need God. We have to be careful, CCM. Now, we're not there, but that's the way the world does it. I want you to turn for a moment to Acts chapter 5. And I want you to see a picture of the early church. By and large, the early church in the book of Acts is what we're supposed to be like. Even with their failures. And as you get there, I'm going to give you three more keys in just the last few moments. So look at Acts 5. Look at Acts 5 verse 18. Now the apostles were doing the Great Commission. They were out among the lost. They were sharing in prayer. They were changing people. God was doing miracles. And the next thing we see, notice verse 18. They arrested the apostles and put them in the public jail. Uh, some of you might say, well, Pastor Mark, you just read that Jesus was praying that the enemy wouldn't, would protect, God would protect him against the devil, whatever. It doesn't look like he did a very good job. Well, we're not done with the story. Look at verse 19. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. I love it. You see, when we do the will of God, God will provide ways for us to be around the lost. So here they are. And and the angel comes. Satan put him in jail. Away from the influence. But notice what God does. He supernaturally changes the location. He opens the door. Now, if you're these disciples that have been in jail during the night because you were in the, you were in the temple courts and got arrested, where is the last place you're thinking of going the next morning? To the temple courts. Thinking, not a chance in the world. I'm going back there. We need to take a few days to R and R and rest. But notice, notice what the angel says to him in verse 20. Go, stand in the what? The temple courts, and tell the people the full message of this new life. That's amazing. He says, No, no, no. There's no time to rest. 
There's an urgency. You'll see that in a moment. Go right back where the lost people are. Okay. The angel said it. I'm going to have to do it. What time of the day would you go if you really didn't want to go? Maybe 5 o'clock in the afternoon. There won't be too many people there. Look at verse 21. At daybreak, they entered the temple courts as they'd been told and began to teach the people. What does daybreak mean? It meant this. The first opportunity they had to go back and be among the unbelievers, they couldn't wait to get there. They couldn't wait to share. They were released during the night. They had to wait till the morning till the people got there. But it wasn't like this. Let's wait till four or five or six or seven. They, I can imagine them that night going, is it time yet? Will the people be there? Let's go. That challenged me a lot yesterday. Are you and I anxious to go and tell the good news to people that are clueless? Or are we hesitant? Do we think we can't do it? No, when God calls us to do something, he equips us. See, sometimes we simply get comfortable. The whole book of Acts tells us that. The disciples were to go to all the world. We discover early on in these chapters, they never leave Jerusalem. When you go to chapter 8, what does God do? He causes great persecution in Jerusalem. So all the disciples have to scatter And go where they've been called to go. Do you know today, I've told you this before, there's more Christians in China than there are Christians in the United States. Now, how is that? Because of persecution. They scatter. They're not afraid. They go and tell. They're not comfortable. We need to be careful. I want you to go back to verse 20, and I'm going to give you 5, 6, and 7 today. Look at verse 20 again. Go, stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. Here's number five. Go today. You see, the angel says, go and expect more miracles and change lives. Go is the first word of the Great Commission. So we need to understand that if I'm here, i got to be all here. That means to go today, expect God to use me to change people's eternal location. I can't think about it. I don't need to see if that's the will of God. That is the will of God for all of us. Number six. Stand in a public location today. In other words, go to where the unbelievers are. You see, these Christ followers go right back to where the lost and hurting people are. They were not nameless and faceless. They were real people. You and I need to go... Where the lost and hurting people are. We need to stand and not be ashamed of the good news. We have the only good news. I want you to think about this. Because I want you to pray that this week we will be interacting with lost and hurting people. There's hurting people everywhere. You don't have to talk about hell or heaven. You can just begin talking about the love of God. This is a picture of how our campus should be. And is. We're doing good. We're on the mission field. We're doing all kinds of mission. We do evangelism in the street. But I just want to challenge you this morning that 
All of us need to be doing what Paul is telling us to do. Notice the two words. Gather and scatter. Now we're here, we're gathering today. I'm teaching, all your kids are being taught. We're gathering. We're getting built up. We're learning how to become more like Christ. We're learning what the Great Commission says. Today, we learned about heaven and hell and two eternal locations because there's actually nothing more important in all the world than that. Jesus taught about it more than anybody else. So we're gathering together to be family. We're going to hang out in a few weeks. We're going to hang out at all the different kind of things. And we have groups that we're part of. Those are all healthy. But we don't gather to become ingrown. We gather so we can be equipped to scatter. And what's scatter look like? It's a church without walls. We head right on out to the streets. In a few moments. Some of you were wishing it was a half hour ago, but it'll get there. Just relax. In a few moments, you're going to leave this building. And where will you go? You will scatter all over East Central Florida. Be all there. Expect divine appointments. God's going to bring hurting people to you. He's going to bring lost people to you. And by the way, there's not few. There's how many? I just answered it for you. There's many. They're not faceless. They're not nameless. They're people that Jesus Christ died for. You're doing good. I'm proud of you. You're not holy huddles. Thank you, Jesus. Ever been in a church? Lord bless us for and no more. God help us. We're not interested in that. We want them to bring whoever to our campuses. Amen. And you guys are doing great. Here's number seven, our last one for today. Share the gospel today. Jesus can change, absolutely can change anyone's eternal location. You see, the angel was saying there is an urgency to go and share today. Why an urgency? Well, number one, nothing can stop the spread of the gospel. It's not up to us what man does with it when we present him. But it is up to us to present it to them. The urgency of today is that no one knows when they will die. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. You're dead. Oh, it may not happen like that. It might only be zero and you're dead. But let me ask you a question. When that does happen in your life and mine, what location will I instantly arrive at? Pastor Mark, I don't believe there's any life after you die. Ten seconds after you die? You will believe. But it's too late. It's too late. He said, Pastor Mark, why don't you use an illustration that affects us? Is there anybody that's going to beat death here? No. Do you know when it's going to be? No. Can you know where your final location is? Yes. And there's nothing more important. 
I want you to see a picture that I have in my office. I don't look at it a lot, but it gives me great focus for the ministry. Notice on the top is a cross. There's people walking across the cross of Jesus Christ. And their end location is heaven. It's paradise. Perfection. Amazing. How did they get there? Not by being good enough. Not by being religious. Not by belonging to a church. They got there the only way you can get to heaven. See, today it's not popular to say that Jesus is the only way to God, forgiveness, and heaven. But I'm sorry, that's the truth. How did those people get to heaven? By the grace of God, because they believed in Jesus Christ. You see, on that cross, Jesus took your sin, and he took my sin. And the thing that I need most in my life is forgiveness. Because if I don't get rid of my sin, I never, ever end up in heaven. So look at the people going. There's some. Look at the masses of people. Exactly what Jesus said. Where are they going? To hell. Separated from God forever. Not temporary. Can't be prayed out. Won't change your destination. Always there for all eternity. Why? Very simply. They refused. So allow Jesus Christ to be the way to heaven. It's not complicated. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. That's the gospel. When I shouted, five, four, three, two, one, zero, let me ask you a question. If you... Would have been in eternity the one second after I finished that. Where would you be? Oh, Pastor Micah, I think I'd be in heaven. Wrong. Thinking is no good. You need to know. Well, Pastor Micah, I would be in heaven. Wonderful. Why? Well, because I'm a good person. I've come to Calvary Chapel. I've been a Catholic, a Presbyterian, Baptist. I'm a good person. I love God and I believe in the Bible. Wrong. Religion doesn't get you to heaven. Here's how do you get to heaven. You have to ask Jesus Christ to forgive you of your sins. You're a sinner. We're all born sinners. Number two, you have to receive Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. The Bible says in John chapter 1, verse 12, as many as received him, he gave the power to become sons of God. So you have to ask forgiveness for your sin and receive it. Receive Jesus Christ. He comes in and we begin a walk, a lifestyle of following Jesus Christ. Pastor Mark, I want that today. Not like, do I get a certificate or something? No, you get Jesus living in you. Well, I'm not interested in a lifestyle. Then you'll never find yourself in heaven. You see, it's not an event. Salvation is not an event. It's a lifestyle of following Jesus Christ. Well, I don't think I can do it. No, you can't. Either can I. But with God in me, I can do anything. Today, Pastor Mark reminded us that the only treasure that is eternal is people. These people are our friends, family, and co-workers. They need to hear about and be shown the love of God by us. It's vital that those around us hear about God's saving grace and their need to make use of Jesus' sacrificial offering on their behalf 
so they can be freed from the chains of sin. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian and Vieira. All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. This wraps up Pastor Mark's teaching, Location, Location, Location. Next time, he will begin the teaching eagerly waiting where we'll hear about our hope of going to heaven. We will learn about the rapture of the church and what that means for us, as well as for those who will be left behind to face God's anger and final earthly judgment. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.